Welcome to SOMC Leadership on the Go, the podcast that brings you lifelong learning and leadership development wherever you are. We're so glad you've joined us today as we wrap up our series on ethical leadership. This series has been highly educational for me, and I hope the same is true for you. Today's episode is very exciting as we speak with a guest who has years of experience working through complex ethical scenarios. So buckle up and get ready for our grand finale on ethical leadership. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you are and whatever time it is. Hello, my name is Brady Carter, and as I shared a few moments ago, we're going to complete our discussion on ethical leadership today. We have been fortunate thus far to have learned from a handful of leaders on this important and sometimes intimidating topic. And in doing so, I think we've accomplished the task of making it slightly less intimidating and a little easier to grasp. Today's episode is unique due to the experience that our guest brings. Ethical leadership is a small corner of the ethics world, and it's an even uh, small corner of the ethics world here at SOMC. The vast majority of the work that goes on here more centers around the field of biomedical ethics. And with that, we welcome our guest who now has the distinguished honor of being Leadership on the Go's first-time reoccurring guest, Teresa Bryan. Teresa, thanks for joining us again. <laughs> Thank you. I had my helper, Ken, yeah, last time. Yeah, this is time, the real so challenge this is, without, this will be a uh, little without more to lean on. So we're glad to have you. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk with you about ethical leadership today, but having spent time with you, Uh, on our hospital ethics committee and knowing the vast importance of your work personally, uh, would you care to take a moment to share a little background on the work of our ethics committee, the work you do with that committee, and how it serves as a resource to our teams at SOMC? Absolutely. I love the ethics committee. I've been on um, SOMC ethics committee for over 20 years. I think we were at Mercy when I started, so that tells you how, how old I am and it has been. Um, Dr. Kendall Stewart is our ethics chair, so he is the one that leads our meetings. The, the purpose of our, our ethics committee, the mission of our ethics committee, is to promote ethical behavior in all things. We meet once a month. We share any consults that we might have, and we also review policies. So it's our job to look at policies, all the patient rights policies. During COVID, we looked at a lot of policies. We had a lot of hard discussions that, thank goodness, we didn't ever have to implement on policies regarding COVID and and scarcity of resources. We look at visitation policies and vaccination policies around the ethics side of that. So that's some of what we do. One of my jobs is is to do the consults on the floor. And I'm not the only one that does them, but I, I guess I'm the primary person that does them right now. Brady's gonna, done a few, and Sarah's done a few, and Christy, if, and all of us have done some over the, over the period. Uh, five years ago, almost five years ago, I became certified as a healthcare ethics consultant. That was a big deal. It was a big test. I had to study really hard, but uh, <laughs> but I was glad to get that. I learned more. You know, we read a lot. We learn a lot in our in our committee, but I felt like that was real helpful. To give you some idea of the kind of consults that we get in the hospital, lots of times we're consulted really when maybe patients don't agree with the physician's recommendation. And so 
the physician is really concerned or families don't agree. And so maybe the families don't agree with what the physician recommends and he really is wondering if that's ethical. Or when patients choose to live in an environment that some people feel is unsafe. And so the Ethics Committee is here to promote, of course, one of our ethics principles that I'll talk about in the next section of patient autonomy and the patient's right to make a decision, even if it, it disagrees with what we think is the best health care for them. And that can be very uncomfortable. So we, we support that. We get involved along with risk when, you know, when we make mistakes and doing the right thing when families don't want to continue care sometimes or when they want to continue care way past what what the um, professionals feel is ethical. They feel like they that it's unethical to continue to provide care uh, or aggressive care in some cases. So that's a lot of what we do as far as uh, ethics. We also sometimes will do ethics in the workplace. So we'll meet with the team members when they've had a big ethics case and just discuss that. We go to some of these schools the respiratory therapy uh, school asks us to come every year and present, and we always try to get a really hard case to present to them, uh, which makes it look like we do these intense cases all the time, which aren't that, isn't that true. Most of them are not that difficult, but we do get some that are, are fairly challenging. Well, thank you, Teresa. Uh, just in that short response there, I'm sure you've provided a lot of education and information to folks that uh, maybe didn't know as much about the Ethics Committee and, and even uh, just the important work that goes on there and, and the resource that it might be to, obviously, our, our, our teams, our patients, and, and really the community. So we appreciate that. But as we move on, I want to focus in a little more on ethical leadership. And as someone who has spent a lot of time within the field of ethics and working through ethical dilemmas, uh, your opinion is one I've really been looking forward to. So when we think about leaders and leaders in really any field, uh, we realize that there are ethical boundaries that exist. They exist for the leader and then for their teams as well. And when I think about that relationship particularly, the relationship between the leader and the team, I'm most interested in the impact the leader can have on the ethical boundaries of their team. So my question for you is, what can leaders do to encourage ethical behavior, or what practical things does an ethical leader do and why? Okay. Well, as I was kind of preparing for this, I started writing the, the um, really the values of ethics, the, the, what we kind of try to guide our decisions on and the things that sometimes are in conflict. And so I'd like, I, they really fit with SOMC's values when you think about them. And all these years, I haven't really thought that, that much about how, how well they do. So we'll just go through those one by one, and then we'll talk about how, how that could be helpful. So the first one is beneficence, and that is the obligation to do good. So if you think about that, that hits right with service, our service, the obligation to do good, to do in quality, to do good work. So for us, patient care, it's the patient putting the first patient first. It's always putting the patient first. As leaders for our team, it's the obligation to do good, the obligation to do what's right, the obligation to, to make the decision that's good for someone. And of course, the second one we have is non-malfeasance, and that's do no harm. So what does that fit with? Our safety team. We want to make sure that we're doing no harm. And for our patients, that one's easy. We want to make decisions that is not going to harm the patient. 
and that is going to obviously do good and not do harm. So whatever that may be that we're looking at, that we want to make sure that this isn't going to harm them. So that could be what hours do we close and their access to care. It could be for our team members how we uh, take care of them, how we emphasize resilience. We don't want to do harm. How often we ask them to be uh, to do straight overtime and over and over and over again. You know, that obligation to make sure you're not doing any harm is there. And, of course, that goes right along with our safety. safety. And then the big one, justice, which is the balance of resources and fairness in care. That's our finance people. And that's our finance for us personally as leaders, if we're not the finance leaders, I don't, they don't let me do much with money. They, they know that's not a good thing. But deciding what the needs are of the patients in our community and for us in our, in our departments, trying to be fiscally responsible because our department is the most important thing to us. But we got to look at the whole picture. And the whole picture is we may not have the resources to do everything. So we got to look at where are we going to put the resources in the whole hospital to, to that impacts patient care. So that may mean me, my department, may not get everything that I want. But if I look at the whole picture, look at the organization, that means it's better for the patient because that may be where we need to put the money. We need to put our resources. We can't do everything. When we, look at, um, when we look at everything, all the needs that our community has, we have to look at what our resources are, and we have to figure out what we're going to spend that money on because there's only a little bit of money. We can't, you know, we try, we can make more money, um, but, you know, we're only going to make this amount of money, and we have to figure out how to do that. So when you take that from the organizational level down to your department level, it's really the same thing. Looking, being fiscally responsible is the ethical thing to do, being you know, making low census when we need to do low census. We have to do that because we are taking away funds that can be used somewhere else. So really treating it like it's your own own, and also own, own money is always a good way to do it because none of us like to waste our own money. Um, but also remembering that it's ethical. It's the ethical thing to do because whatever we spend that we don't need to can be spent on something good, something that does make sure somebody doesn't cause harm. In the same way with your team, that affects your team, how you how you use your resources. And then autonomy, I think autonomy is, is one of the things that teamwork talks a lot about because it is, in autonomy in the ethics world, it's supporting the patient's right to make a decision, their own decision. So, you know, not badgering patients when they don't want to do what we want them to do, but respecting their right to make a decision. That's also with our, our uh, team members. You know... Sometimes we have expectations that are not realistic for our team members, and maybe we really want them to work full-time and they want to go part-time or whatever, expecting their right to decide what's right for them within reason of what, again, our mission is and what our department mission is. So the autonomy goes right along with teamwork and also getting input. And then I think what can we do uh, when we think about all those, the principles of autonomy Oh, I forgot one. I'm sorry. Fidelity. I knew there was two that went with teamwork. I'm so sorry. But that's okay. Those of you who know me know this is the way I talk, so it, it's the way I always talk. Um, but fidelity is uh, being truthful and honest in your word. So if you think about autonomy, giving the pa- your patients 
their right, giving your team members the right to do what they want to do within, you know, the boundaries. And then fidelity is really important. Fidelity under ethics is being truthful, honoring your own word. For us as leaders, doing what you say you're going to do, not misleading your team members, absolutely never lying to them, that's, that's ethical. That's, I mean, it's one of the principles of ethics. It's one of our principles in teamwork and in, in our leadership. So taking all that first in that framework, which I know is a little lengthy, but um, taking that framework and what can we do, we really have to first model ethical behaviors. We have to make those decisions that sometimes it's easier to not be ethical. You know, it just is. And so we have to model that. So in thinking of that, the things I've listed down that I think is, is, is important is, like I just said, be truthful and honest. Deal with conflict in an honest manner and a kind way. Think about if you were that person, if you were that team member, and people were saying that maybe you weren't doing as jo- your job as well as you could, or maybe they can't hardly stand to be next to you because you're obnoxious <laughs> or whatever, um, you would want to know. You That's the kind thing to do. You would not want to be doing something that offends people. So be truthful and honest. Deal with conflict. You know, make sure that people, that your team members are dealing with that. Don't let them talk about people. You know, make sure that you are encouraging them to, to go forward. That's ethical. It's the right thing to do. And it really goes into doing no harm. You know, if you're talking about somebody, if you're allowing your team members to just talk back and forth about each other, you are doing harm. You're doing harm to that team member. You're not doing them any favors. You're not being, you're not being truthful and honest. It's all ethical. And then, of course, admitting your mistakes, that goes a long way. Sometimes we think we have to be perfect, and we want to be perfect so bad. We all want to be perfect, and we're not, and we know we're not. So admitting your mistakes and telling your team, hey, that probably wasn't a good decision. We're going we're gonna to try something else. Or, I, you know, I messed up, and I, I really apologize for that. Here's what we're going to do moving forward. And then we talked about seeking input from your team, autonomy, asking the right question, clarifying the questions. Sometimes you're real tempted. This happened to me this, this month. There was one sentence that somebody said, and I thought, boy, I could just ignore, ignore that sentence. I could ignore that, what they said. And that would be easier on a whole lot of people. But it's not the right thing to do. And y- you have to ask clarifying questions. Don't give in to the temptation to gloss it over so you don't have to deal with something. Deal with the issues you have to deal with. That's why we're leaders. And then, of course, doing do what you say you're going to do. Encourage your team to disagree. I think some of that was, you know, encourage them to dissent from you. Encourage them to be comfortable with your team member dis- team members disagreeing. Um, I am over social work, so you don't social workers have to do deal a lot with conflict and we deal a lot with suggestions. So I don't have much problem with my team uh, telling me how they feel. But other of my team members that aren't social workers, I, I realize you really have to work on that to allow them to feel comfortable to totally tell you you're off track. And then 
importantly, develop, when you develop, I know we have the SONC expectations, which follow along ethically, but we also often have our own team expectations. And we do this really often, the expectations you set for your team. And that's where you get down to the details. I will go, I will talk to that person. Even though it's in the other one, you put it again in, in your own. But develop that, what we expect, what we expect for patients, what we expect for our team members, what we expect from me, what they expect from what they can expect from me, what I can expect from them, and then making sure that we hold it after we do it. Just don't do it. Hold people accountable for that. Again, yeah. it's the right thing to do. It's the ethical thing to do. And then the lastly, I have developed policies that follow these ethical principles. It sounds easy until you start saying, well, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to make sure someone's always here to answer the phone because that patient may be in crisis when we'd all like to be at lunch at the same time. Or whatever, or I'm going to, you know, those of you who have answering services or whatever, you know, doing the right thing and making your policies that way. Yeah, that was fantastic, Teresa. Thank you for preparing and sharing that with us. Super interesting how you're able to tie together those principles of ethics with our strategic values. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one thing to do it in terms of the philosophy behind them, but also getting practical. That That's super helpful for me, and I'm sure it will be for Uh, our listeners. So I think you also touched on something that, you know, there's a lot of opportunities when we're talking about ethical leadership, where really what it comes down to is, you know, the the ethical thing to do in some occasions is not necessarily the easy thing to do. And and so that that's something for us to think about and remember. Uh, I've really enjoyed today's conversation and this series as a whole. I, I hate to see it wrap up, but as we do, I'd like to get your thoughts on just one more question. Like any leadership competency, ethical leadership is one that, if ignored, has consequences. And it may not be that the negative consequences of ignoring this competency always end up with you on the news in the middle of some big scandal, but there's potential for confusion and even a lack of certainty from those we lead on what's acceptable and what's not. And the leader really sets the tone on that. Uh, This can be even more true when considering the concept of reaching goals or making progress. I think there's many people individually or teams or organizations who aren't trying to improve. Um, And and goals are a big portion of our conversation in this day and age. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on what effects potentially follow leaders who are purely interested in in achieving goals and are not interested in the means by which those goals are achieved? Well, I think the number one being from teamwork side that we always go back to that is you're not going to last. Your team's not going to stay with you. If they see that you are not behaving ethically, they are not going to trust you. People think you cannot behave ethically in one side and your whole team member know it and them not suspect you when when you're doing something for them or when you're when something comes up that they you you really need them to do your team's going to be concerned that you're not going to behave ethically with them so overall i put first thing is your team's going to fail eventually if that's your only goal your team will fail because your team's going to leave you i think that you will have a whole nother set of problems by doing things unethically I know one of the VPs tells a story about a a leader, they're long gone, who fudged a bunch of numbers so that they could look like they were doing the right thing because they they wanted to get this goal. So they just made up numbers. 
Well, of course, that lasted for a while, and it was like, oh, you guys are doing great. Well, pretty soon it all came out. It always all comes out. So just don't do it. Just, you know, I think that our, our current leadership, I don't think that any of us would do that. We, we would not do that. But try not to cut corners just to, to get the goal. Um, if you're trying to do something to help patients, make sure that it really is helping patients. It just doesn't look like it's helping patients. You know, it just doesn't, you check on the box that you're really doing what you need to do to take care of patients. Same way with your team mem- members. Let's say you want to achieve a productivity goal and you're just cranking it out, but you're not doing quality work. We all know that's not, that's not going to get you anywhere. The other things is all of the teamwork things. If you've listened to our teamwork, a podcast before, everything, you could you could relate that all ethic, ethics. They're all the same thing I've been talking about. And I think that we know we can't do anything by ourselves. We are useless without our teams. We're pretty much paralyzed without our teams. So if we don't behave ethically, we're not going to get our goal. We may do a short-term goal that looks good, but it's not really good. Yeah, I think that's helpful. I think uh, discussing that concept in light of our teams is helpful because I think there are potential avenues to take when goals are the most important thing or even deadlines and goals. Uh, And you mentioned trying to do everything on your own or taking on too much. I I think uh, you start to see opportunities for corners to be cut or shortcuts, whatever it may be. Um, And then I think as the leader, how visible that may be to your team sets boundaries in their minds who maybe are on a little different moral spectrum than you as we all are. And and I think it's those kind of ripple effects that allow for some of the bigger unethical things that we see in the public sphere play out. So I, I think it's good to, to consider what you talked about there. Yeah. And, and one thing I didn't mention that I think that our hospital is so unique. We're so blessed to have an executive staff that is so transparent and honest. We never, ever, you never worry. I've been here forever. I've, I've never ever heard any of them that they haven't been honest and transparent and that is the goal all of us have to have for our teams if we're honest and transparent and we seek help when we need it that's going to go a mile that's just for ethics it's going to go a long way and I think we are truly lucky and um, that we have the executive staff that really believe that and we know right we know but think about it if if we mess up and they they know about it they're going to tell us about it in a nice way but to help us and that's what we want to do with our teams to be kind rather than ignoring things yeah for sure I, I know in a couple of these conversations uh, it's been interesting and, and surprising at times to see how the material we've put together at SOMC, whether it be, you know, our strategic value or, or just some of our core guiding principles, have been so aligned with ethics, and so that's that's been encouraging uh, and educational. So we we can't thank you enough for carving out some time to join us again, and we want to thank you for the countless hours of work you have put in to ensure we have someone to turn to for concerns surrounding ethics and and more specifically here, biomedical ethics. So thank you for that. And thank you for joining us. 
And please, one thing I didn't say, if anybody ever has any ethical concern, you see one, you hear one, you think there might be one, please call us. We're available all the time. You can put an order in if you're in the, on the floor, but you can certainly call me at 8287. Um, we had, there is actually a um, phone number that you can click on in the directory. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Okay. Uh, listeners, thank you for joining us. Working through this topic of ethical leadership has been challenging and rewarding. We hope you gained as much as we did. And we will see you next time here at SOMC Leadership on the Go. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed this additional outlet of SOMC's leadership culture, please like and subscribe to receive future episodes. Lastly, if you have a topic you'd like to see discussed on this podcast, please send us an email at somcontheGo at somc.org. Thanks for listening today, and we hope to see you again next time.